Hi, I'm Trent Maxwell. And I'm Lee Mason. And we want to welcome you to our Live Learns 5 podcast. Since 2018, Lee and I have travelled the globe and met face-to-face over 17,000 children. We've, we've created a series of children's books and Maxie's Rescue Squad where teens and young adults can learn life skills online that not only help themselves but help others too. We take what we do very seriously ourselves, not so much as you soon will hear. So let's spend the next half an hour together with some fun, inspiration and kindness and we'll try and learn something too. Lee, we've got a special guest this week. I know. How good, Maxie. What What's better than one fiery in your life? Well, a, another fiery. And uh, I'm very, very happy to say it's one of my good friends or one of my best mates. I'm lucky enough to uh, work with him, uh, lucky enough to be able to travel with him and do amazing ma- amazing adventures with. Um, so, yeah, I reckon you need to introduce this personally because... Well, um, absolutely, because, you know, I'm, you know, I don't like to say who my favourites are, but, you know... <laughs> Everyone knows that I love Piers. So welcome, Piers. So G'day, Luke. G'day, Maxie. It's so good to see you, mate. So a bit about um, Piers then. So Piers, uh, Mr. Piers Craig from Manly in Sydney, um, Rhodesian born. So, um, you know, I um, travelled over to Australia a bit like me. Um, also, Maxie, one of your colleagues. So he's a senior firefighter at Bankstown, which we all know is Station 62 and on your sea platoon. Been a firefighter for eight years, four of those at the city of Sydney. So I want to know if that's where you both first met because you both yep. in the city of Sydney. And now you're both on sea platoon at um, Bankstown Station. So the other thing um, that is really cool about Pierce is um, part of USAR. So you're going to have to explain this to me, Pierce, because I've got <laughs> Cat 2 a member of the Oz2 Heavy USAR team. And if I've got this right, USAR is the Urban Search and Rescue Team. You got that exactly yep. right, Lee. There you go, done my homework. <laughs> um, so I want to know more about that. And um, I've got here beautiful wife, Al, and a little boy called Bear. And you love adventures and have ridden a motorcycle around Australia. So I want to know more about that. So here's yeah. welcome. Thank you for Thank giving you. us some of your very precious time to come and um yeah have a chat with me and uh old mate it's good it's good to see you mate it's good to hear your voice too so we can see you but everyone else is just listening to you but uh me and peers go way back like i said eight eight or nine years and um mate look forward to having a good chat with you today Uh, i know a lot about you we spent a lot of time uh, in the bush together and uh you know obviously going to to and from jobs but um you know i think the world needs to hear some of your stories because you you are a remarkable young man. I always think you're younger than what you are. Um, and, mate, yeah, welcome to the Live Lens 5 podcast. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. It's so good to be here. Um, two of my absolute uh, legendary friends, Lee and Maxie. So, yeah, it's, it's good to be here and, and um, taking the time out with you guys. Amazing. So what we're going to start with, Piers, we're going to start with a bit of your, like, career because this kind of – um, falls into like the, the stuff we do on career advice. Yep. But then you and Maxie had just done an incredible adventure race together. So <laughs> I'm going to um, interview you both about that. So sure. um, we'll first start. So um, I'll start with question one then, Maxie. When did you first realise you wanted to become a firefighter? Well, um, look, I think I always wanted to be in a service career. I wanted to... I wanted to work with people. I wanted to be a part of something. Um, and I was really, really close to joining the Army when I left school. Um, I didn't get the grades to go off to officer training. And that was the direction I was being pushed. So when I didn't get that start, I thought, oh, you know, I'll just I'll go and have a crack at playing rugby and see where that goes. And during that time, I met a guy, um, Ronnie Vespa, great guy. He's, uh, he's a leading firefighter now up in Maitland, I believe. Um, and he, he was playing rugby with me at the time and he um, he just got into the brigade and he started telling me about it and I thought that that sounds like a pretty good pretty good option so I started uh, I started investigating and then um, several years later I had a I had a bunch of incidents sort of pop up in my life like really um, traumatic things um, came up and the fire brigade was involved in all of them and I went those guys were a bunch of legends. How good were they? I want to, I want to do what they do. Um, so I started the, uh, the actual process of trying to become a fireman. Wow. How amazing. Yeah. 
always yeah, a way, was, isn't it? it? Cool. Something that happens that makes you think, yeah, that something happens to you and you think, right, that's for me. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in the country and, and um, you know, we, I wasn't really exposed to, to fire fighting at all because, you know, we had one little little pump in town, but I was out in the bush and, you know, we had the rural fire brigade, but it did, I didn't see it as a career at all. Um, as soon as I moved to the city, I, I saw these trucks going around everywhere and, you know, all the guys in the back and, you know, like I said, some things happened and, and the way that these um, these men and women handled themselves and they were so composed and, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of respect for them after those incidents and I thought, yeah, that's me. I want to do that. And, and uh, yeah, geez, I'm glad I did. <laughs> and I must say, I must say um, I'm so fortunate to work with peers, you know, twice a week uh, doing what we do. Um, but, you know, an amazing firefighter, very knowledgeable, um, always keen to go that little bit further, which is probably uh, one of his favourite quotes he's passed on to me. You shall always go a little further. Um, but, yeah, mate, what a, what a great firefighter you've become. And, you know, leading into, uh, you, you know, the future, um, you know, to see how much more goals you, you kick uh, within the firefighting service, it's, it's, it's awesome. Thanks, mate. Uh, it's, uh, look, going to work with uh, the crew that we have out of Bankstown, it's, it's not work. You know, I, I go to work and, and I, I laugh on the way there because I'm going to see my best mates and I'm going to do a job that I absolutely love and it's like going to a second home. Basically, we go, we cook, we eat together, we, we're in the gym, um, we'll, we're out of the out. gym, we're, we're, sessions. we're doing, we're doing right. all of the great stuff, including including going and helping people every day, which is just the, you know, the most uh, the most amazing feeling. And it doesn't get any better than that, does yeah, it? It really it doesn't. doesn't. So um, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, Lee, so you, you can keep going with the questions because, uh, yeah, because I've got the adventure race questions in front of me. Okay. But um, so What yeah. I'll do, I'll, I'm going to, because some of these that um, we, they duplicate and we can, um, and I think you've probably just answered one of these um, as well, Piers. So who inspired you when you were young? Who did you look up to? So you just mentioned uh, the guy's yeah. name who had a very, um, who was instrumental, but was there anybody when you were younger that you looked up to? Absolutely, yeah. Look, my, my dad and my mum, both, um, you know, both immigrants to, our, to to Australia who sort of knuckled down and made a life for us over here. Um, but Dad was a obviously, you know, he was a superman to me. I, he was a real sportsman and, and um, was a, a great guy to be around. He was there for me through, you know, thick and thin. He still is. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and Mum, of course, you know, very tight. Um, my older cousin, he came over from Africa um, to play rugby and I looked up to him as a, as a young kid. He was he's eight years, nine years older than me. So as a 10-year-old, he was, you know, he, was the man. Yeah. he was the man. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd go up and watch him play up at Randwick and, you know, it was, it was, the, it was the best. So I love that. Um, and then, you know, I, I looked up to, to the sportsmen. I looked up to Mark Waugh. I looked up to David Campisi, those guys, the, yeah. you know, the heroes of my age. Yeah. And there's, there's one person you haven't mentioned, but uh, we always have this uh, joke each week uh, when we go, especially in summertime when we uh, play around with the air conditioning, but um, Ernest Shackleton. The great man, Shacko. <laughs> yeah. Shacko. Great he adventure. Is, yeah, one of, one of the guys that, that I really, you know, I've read his, read his books and read some of his novels and his motto of um, fortitudine uh, victimus, which is, um, I think, uh, by endurance we conquer, which is his his saying, you know. And by endurance we do conquer. We we go to the extra length to to get the job done. Um, you know, it might not be easy, it might not be fun, but we'll get there because we're gonna we're gonna give it a good crack and we're gonna endure through the, the tough times. Um, and that's that's something I, that I really great, love. Um, Doco on him actually. Oh really wow, brilliant yeah. Doco. I'll have to find the name of it. If you've not seen it, it was. Brilliant. I've probably seen everything. Yeah, you probably would have seen it. Yeah, really. He's one of, really, he's really, one of those um, incredible guys. Mate, he, when I was in uh, Scotland, when um, we're in Dundee, lead that maritime museum. There was books about Ernest Shackleton there because of the the Antarctic explorer boat that left. Yes. Um, yeah, the so discovery that's in Dundee. Yep. Yeah, in Amen. the but say, yeah. difficulties are just things to overcome and and it's the truth you know we all go through difficult times but we just have to overcome them and that's yeah. once once we've passed that um, we've overcome it it's not a difficulty anymore we've we've moved on yeah so exactly. yeah I, I live by that every day 
yeah, they're just just um, obstacles. You just got to get around them or over them or whatever, or just clear yeah. them out of the way. That's just like, yeah, I agree with that. One do it with a smile on your face. Then. Yeah, 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 no, no. no you need to you need a smile, mate. When you're in we're in the when you're in the rosin like we were the other week, uh, which we'll talk about very shortly. Um, you know, we were singing or we smiling. There wasn't once where we were, you know, not sending good vibes and happy vibes. So yeah, Brilliant. I think uh, the more the more. The more you're down in the in the trenches, the more and more you kind of go, "Yep, yeah, is this all you got? Let's keep pushing. Let's keep digging. Let's keep ripping in." <laughs> hey, don't easy, Maxie. You're going to ruin my questions. Going <laughs> ahead so, of yourself. Back, this is about majors the, now, right? To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so um, back to the um, so training for your career. Best piece of advice that you've been given in your career. Um, well, best piece of advice um, is just to to do everything that's thrown at you. Like never say no to anything. Um, I, yeah, I'm just all about if someone puts an opportunity in front of you, take it because you never know when it's going to come again. Yeah. Um, and you never know the, where that opportunity might lead. So really important, um, even if it's something that you might sort of go, oh, is that actually what I want to do? Say yes, do it with, a, you know, with a, an open mind and an open heart and a big smile and, yeah, it'll, uh, it'll take you places that you don't know yeah. necessarily know. And we all say, don't we, Maxie, if it's a disaster, you always learn something. There's but nothing you that's you a waste of time it. because you learn something. You learn from it and then it actually makes you uh, a bigger and better person, I think, too, because the highs and lows, the roller coaster in life, you know, by doing the opportunities, even though it's um, sometimes it might not go in your favour, but the fact that you can actually know that, that you've actually had a crack or it wasn't meant to be, but you pivot and your journey goes down another path and you know that you're never going to make that same mistake or you're never going to go down that path again because you've already experienced it. You already know, um, you know, you've already opened and closed that door. So, yeah, good advice. Exactly. So, firefighting, we talk like Maxi talks every week and when we do our normal podcast, you should be listening, Piers, because um, we have jo- we have uh, Maxi's job of the week. So, you, oh. you get a shout out a few times. Hey. Yeah. So- I've always kept it a bit, uh, yeah, I, I don't talk too, too much uh, in detail, but I'll just give a rough, a rough what we do and it does, <laughs> does sound uh, like the action station, put it that way. Yeah, I call it the action station. So, I go, so you tell me what's going on at the action station. So, <laughs> very stressful job um how do you deal with that how do you deal with the you see traumatic things you see stressful things maxi always says you're seeing people on quite often their worst day how yeah. do you deal with that so it doesn't impact you well it's a great question lee it's it's definitely something that we we all do differently but we all do very similarly at the same time and um i i know exercise is a big part of of my dealing with stress um, but for me the ocean is is probably the big one i i cleanse in the ocean after every shift i come down and i just whether it's a surf or a swim i'm straight into the ocean i just i wash off everything that that i've i've done and seen get rid yeah. of it and um and then and then i come out and i can restart and, and go back to living my life with my family and and all the things that go on um you know outside of the brigade which can be stressful too yeah. um but, uh, you know, exercise, you know, I run, um, you know, obviously I'm doing adventure races with, with Maxi, which is, you know, a big part of our lives at the moment in terms of training and getting ready for that. Um, I've got a little routine in the morning, I think, which is really important. I do, uh, I get up early. Um, I try and get up early. It's hard now with Bear. He's, he's one and he yeah. wakes up when he's ready. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no alarm clocks. But um, I get up in the morning, I will... I'll do a stretch for 20 minutes, then I'll meditate, and then I'll have a cold shower. And that, to me, is such a good way to start the day, just to set myself and be be ready for whatever the day presents. Yeah, awesome. that is so good. Morning routines. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Piers, you know Andrew. I, we've talked about this on the podcast. My hobby, Andrew. He, 5 o'clock every morning, like you, goes outside, journals, meditates, has 20 minutes to himself, sets yeah. his day. That's and awesome. It's, like, it's very important. You know, a really, really good habit to develop if you can, you know, do something like that because um, it really does start the day right. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so important. And I think that it's something that's becoming more prevalent in 
in our career, you know, we, we think about firefighters being big, burly, tough guys who don't need any help and rah, rah, rah. But it's not the truth. You know, we do need to look after our, our mental health and our, um, and our friends and, and colleagues' mental health. Yeah. Um, so doing things like, uh, like talking to people, talking to, um, you know, whether it's your peers or talking to um, professionals, uh, we've yeah. started to do that a lot more and it's really important. And, yeah. and I'm the first to put my hand up and say, you know, it's time for me to sit down with my psych and have a chat. And, and yeah. um, you know, and I really enjoy it. I get a lot out of that. Yeah. Uh, and, you One know, of the I'm, things that we've um, done with the rescue squad, because like the rescue squad, as teenagers are not like, you know, joining the rescue squad, is we put in, haven't we, Maxie, like a bit of self-care and well-being. Because, you have to. You have um, to. You know, just to, to let people at a younger age know about what people do that they might like develop really good habits and if you develop really good habits when you're young it's easier yeah. to carry them through when you're older and it's like and it becomes second so, nature as well yeah and it's so important that um you know you do know that you know what it is okay when you're having a bad day it is just mm. you know have a bad day just um I as long as you, you have a bad day but you just need to just be aware aware that you're having a bad day and, and you know if, talk to your peers and we're in a team um uh with you know peers and max and uh sometimes uh chris or does whoever we have there and, and we talk and we go hey you know in our personal lives we've got something going on you know and we all kind of give ourselves a big pep up talk but you know sometimes it's okay to yeah. to not be 100 percent. i always say you can have a bad day you just can't unpack and live there no you just gotta like no no you're just gonna be it's gonna pass through tomorrow you're yeah. gonna wake up and it's gonna be a new day so yeah, um, way to look at it, and it's always a good day at 62. always a good day at 62. even the hard days are good days yeah well i feel you know i know max now so i almost know the whole crew it's like you know you're a you're a, you're a good bunch um so next thing if you weren't a firefighter what would you be you talked briefly oh, about wanting to yeah, maybe be in the army Great question. Yeah, look, I would have, I would have loved to have been in the army. I think, I think I was pushed into a, a direction of going into officer training. Um, and the reality was, I probably should have just joined the army as a, you know, as an infantryman, um, at a, as an eighteen-year-old. Um, a little bit of regret there, because I, it would have been, would have been a really interesting opportunity. But um, I've spent time in in the States working skiing in the snowfields. Um, so I would love to be a mountain guide or a, you know, a ski patroller, um, be, be awesome. But that's, that boat's obviously sailed. Um, and, you know, the, uh, the other one, which as I get older, I, you know, it becomes a real sort of question mark is wine. I love wine. I'd love to make wine. I think it'd be great. I'd love to create yeah, great. Ah, that'd be awesome. What would you call it? What would I call it? I'd call it. Uh, I'm not sure. We'd have to come up with some names. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have a working name on that. We'll think about jungle that. Edge we'll wines. Jungle Edge wines. Jungle Edge wines. Oh yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, good, man. That's, so, that's... Um, so most importantly, what wine are we? Red? Are we? What are we talking? Reds, wine, champagne. Oh, what geez, are we talking? I love them all. Uh, I do love it. I do. <laughs> Love them all. Love <laughs> I love a good red. Uh, I, I love a, a lovely Chardonnay or a Riesling in the white. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a happy man when I've got a glass of red and a steak. So, uh, oh, there, yeah, there you go. You need to like. You must have done the Rutherglen Trail and done all the Rutherglen Reds. Have you done absolutely? All that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Macy loves a big heavy red and like. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be uh, he'll be there for that. So. Yep. Um, so, um, okay, I'm just skipping all the others, Piers, because I reckon winemaker. Winemaker. Um, and then if you Sounds move good. into that as a career, then you'll be even more my favourite. You've got two so, customers already, mate. We'll yeah, buy exactly, it. exactly. So, um, so, no, I think that's the way. So, last thing on the career bits, what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? What would you say, Ooh. Piers, 16, big old life ahead of you? Yeah, I would say follow your dreams. I'd say, you know, don't listen, don't listen to other people's opinions, and do what you want to do because you're you're the one who has to live with it. You know, so yeah, if you if you're doing something for the wrong reasons, then um, then you're not going to get 
down the path that you wish you should have gone. Yes. And you can't keep all the people happy because uh, you're the only one that wakes up with yourself every day. Absolutely. You can't, you can't even make your partner happy. It's like still, it's still totally on yourself. Yeah. And you say you're trying to, you know, accommodate everyone else around you. But at the end of the day, when they go home, they got their own personal lives. And I always say this, when you put your hopes and dreams in other people's hands, you're only probably going to get 10, 20, 30% out. So that's why you need to make sure that within yourself, you go, yep, I'm giving 100%. I'm backing myself here. And naturally, people, we always say this, we find your own tribe, people come around you. And then, you know, I'm very lucky that I have peers as a good mate, that we're very similar in a way, where we have that love for training, adventure, firefighting, and uh, you know we, we we back each back each other up, and we you know we keep pushing forward, and we we feed off that, and that's what I love. Brilliant, yeah, it is. It's like you know, because when you are team player people, I'm a team player. I'm not a I'm not a solo person. You need you need people around you. That's why Absolutely. I love like live and survive with Maxi because you just you you need someone when things do go wrong, and they go wrong whether it be in business or in life or in any way. You need somewhat we always say don't we might say you know what that's not us get in the car next off we go next. move on and that's um right. you know all the rest of it so so now i feel it's only appropriate to talk about nova 24 nova 24 nova here it is 24, the adventure race that the two of you um have just undertaken so i think it'd be wrong if i didn't introduce you properly tickles and tumbles <laughs> <laughs> who just undertook this. Um, so to give a bit of um, stats on Nova 24. So it's basically an ultimate test of physical and mental strength. And you basically did hiking or um, what do you call it? Trekking, sorry. Trekking, Trekking. and orienteering. And then you did mountain biking and then you did kayaking. And you're out there in the elements and it's an like it was an tough. extreme, extreme kind of challenge. Um, so, first question: tickles and tumbles. Who's, who's tickles? Who's tumbles? You go, Piers. And Maxie's, why? Maxie's tickles, because he's well. It started off with ticker because TikTok because he's got a bit of a TikTok following, and I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm so, so, and it became tickles, and then, and Maxi, you want to, yeah, yeah, and we tumble. So, um, you know, it's it's no it's no lie. Back in the day, uh, you know, me and Piers used to catch up for the odd beer, and when we were watching, uh, having a beer, we'd watch the odd race, race around the track with the horses, and um, we always had this funny gag where we anyone that's seen cool runnings at the start, John Candy's listening to the, the wireless radio and it's a horse race, uh, in, you know, in, in, in the, in the movie and, and John Candy's there going, come on, tumbleweed, come on, tumbleweed. I need this one. I need this one. So we, yeah, we, we always have a laugh about that kind of scene in the movie, but obviously inevitably uh, tumbleweed comes last in the horse race and he needed it. And, um, yeah, yeah, just tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. tumbleweed or tumbles. And, and I've been I've been with Maxie in the car when you've rang and he's answered it and gone tumble. So now I, I it all kind of sounded makes sense now. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've, so we've come up with a new name though. We oh, have come up with a new name. Oh, can you disclose that yet? Yes. Oh, kind of. Yeah, we can. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so it's got to do with uh, another <laughs> another horse, but uh, right. our favorite a favorite horse ever was called Jungle Edge, oh. and uh, and and. It loves the mud. He's, he's a mud tracker. <laughs> it's a mud. It's a mud horse. It's a, a, a you know. Anyway, yeah. back in the day, I, I knew the race caller in Sydney and uh, Darren Flindell sent yes. me a message saying, "Mate, Jungle Edge, heavy ten, loves the mud." And I remember sending it, to, <laughs> sending it to Piers, and uh, yeah, we it's just Jungle Edge. Jungle you know, okay. We both. Team Jungle Edge Adventure Racing. We're, okay. we're moving forward through the jungle with speed and agility. Love the mud. Loving the mud. All right. So um, <laughs> I've got some um, questions. We're talking elite racing here. What time frame did you have to prepare for it? Bear in mind, you you know, you, you're fit blokes, you know, anyway, to do no. your normal role. You're not sort of um, sitting at a desk all day. What time frame did you have to be prepared for this 
Right. So, Lee, we, we started talking about it about this time last year, and that was six months out from the race. So the race was supposed to be in April. Um, it, it got postponed because of, uh, because of the floods, actually, because of the, the yes. wet weather. Uh, it was supposed to be in the Kangaroo Valley in April, landslides, all the business, the rivers were flooded, so they had to postpone it. So we were talking six months' worth of training, of preparation to get to, get to there, which turned into almost 12 months yeah. because of that, which was great and it was bad because in April we were ready to go. We were, we were ready to go. And in April, just after, literally, we would have had that race on the weekend and I, I think I was going to fly to the UK like that next we couple were, of days. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up going, obviously going to the UK and then um, Piers was going to decide. Well, yeah. you know what? You were, you were, you were tough, yeah. Maxie. Yeah, we I was. You, know, you were tough, But Piers had USAR, which we're going to talk about that soon as well, um, the Urban Search and Rescue course. That went for four weeks. And then uh, he had annuals after that. And then I went to Italy for a friend's wedding. So it would actually kind of – life got very busy uh, over those few months. So we didn't really have – that long to really prepare for this September one. Second go, yeah, but I understand. Yeah. Between us, you know, mentally and physically, we kept the training up by running, cycling. Uh, you know, the only thing that we didn't prepare was probably the paddling or the, the kayaking. Yeah. But uh, somehow, when we were at the station, we threw in uh, rowing as a as a an exercise that we're doing at the station. We're doing you know two k sets, going yeah, this is good for the paddle, but. Uh, Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe, maybe it did. But... So, so was there anything that you specifically needed to do training wise for this race? Yeah, we needed to just get a lot of a lot of Ks under the belt. Um, yeah. For a race like this, it was I think we did somewhere between ninety and hundred kilometers. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, to get through that, you've just you've got to be able to have the endurance and the and the stamina to 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 make it the distance. And so. We're not out running, you know, four and a half uh, minute kilometres. We're, we're out getting the Ks, getting the hours done and, and the, the Ks under the belt so that when, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning and we're tired and we're hungry and we're wet and yeah. we've still got another 5K run to do, we know yeah. that we can go and do it. And yeah. can, the body can keep moving and the, you know, the mind is, is not being tricked into saying it's time to, time to stop. Yeah. Time to stop. And, and, and adding on to that, too mate um you know the preparation leading up the lot the weeks leading up to it you know having our boxes prepped with all gear with all the nutrition you know um your excellent skills with orienteering you know it's something new that i've never really done before um which i'm sure we'll talk about i know there's a question coming up about that but um you know that there was a lot of preparation so it wasn't something that we could have just done overnight. And, you know, I'm very impulsive like that. You know, Lee knows me and you know me, Piers. Like, I'll just if yeah. get something, well, we've got to do it or we'll rip do. in. But oh, this do. was something we needed to plan. And um, it actually got me to slow down a bit because yeah. I'm 100 mile an hour. And, um, you know, the fact that I was doing four and a half or four 40 Ks, I remember Piers going to me one day, mate, you know, we will be literally just chipping away. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're just going to be just getting it done. And uh, mate, it's the best advice I've ever had because I had that mindset of, oh, all right, let's just get it done, get the Ks in. So yeah. two weeks out, how did you change your training? You said like you got your Ks in two weeks out, one week's out. Did you sort of taper or did you? What did you yeah. alter? Yeah, so there was you a lot were of ready tapering. on the day. Yeah, so um, we both, both Maxie and I, had big weeks in the two weeks out. We did, I did a couple of big sort of fifteen k runs and some long rides and like out in the bush so i was ready i knew i had the distance and maxi did a, a 30k run he was he was ready as well you know we were both yeah. we knew that we had the, the distance under our, our belt we could run whatever they threw at us and then the next week we just taped it off and did sort of five or six k runs every day just to keep the body moving keep yeah. things you know ticking over and keep that that mental focus that, yeah we we're just it's just around the corner. We've got to get there. Yeah. So race day, you started at 11 a.m., if I remember rightly. Yep. 11 a.m. start, race day. Two of you stood there. What's in your kit? What have you got oh, with you? It was pretty frantic, wasn't it? It was a frantic Oh, morning. it was a frantic morning because um, we, we – Yeah, it was our first time. We come off shift the night the night before. We finished at 6. We got a – you know, we got a good Which day in. perfect prep, really. 
yeah. yeah. We, we, we spend the, the evening with our, you know, our partners and peers with Al and the Bear and, you know, we got ourselves pumped up and then we, we met at 6.30 in the morning to convoy down. So we knew we had a two-hour drive ahead of us. Um, we got the podcast on. We got down there. It was raining the whole time. It was cold. It was foggy. It was muddy. Um, you know, we had our gear because we, we knew that the boxes were set up the day before because luckily at the station we had a couple of hours uh, while our fire truck was getting fixed. There was something wrong with the mechanics of it. Um, so we had a bit of time to really plan out the, the boxes. However, um, you know, what, 20 minutes, half an hour before, Piers? Yeah. Having to pump up the, the lilos. So do you want to quickly mention about the lilos? Yeah, so we're pumping up our lilos, which we had to use for the first leg floating down the river. Um, and Max is there pumping up the lilo. And he's going, he's going helpful leather at it. And it's going up, it's going up. And we go, go on, mate, give it some. Fire it up. And he's, he's going and he starts sweating and his back starts to hurt. And then he rips the, the pump clean apart. And I thought, Oh, no, no, no. There, goes our, there goes our only pump to pump up these lilos. <laughs> anyway, we managed to fix it. We got the lilos pumped up. But, yeah, the, the first the, – the hour before the race was frantic. It's very frantic. Yeah, we were, we, we were a million miles uh, an hour and things are going through our heads, all these different – do I take this, do I take that, do I need this now? And, um, and Yeah. And you've got this all in your backpack on your back, haven't you? You're That's carrying correct, everything. Yeah. 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 So we've got a couple of boxes out in the bush that they that they set up for us, but um, but everything else yeah. is on our back. Yeah. And um, and the other thing as well that people probably won't realise, you don't actually know the exact route until 24 hours before, do you? It's like a bit um, of a one a hour secret. before. One hour before. Oh, one hour before. So, yeah, yeah. So it's not like you can do any planning or test no. the route or there is nothing. You're literally given the route like the hour before. The so. only the only thing, uh, yeah, we get the maps an hour before, but uh, the bike drop we get told 24 hours before. Oh, okay. So, um, so there we go. We're on race day. Now, what was brilliant about this, and I actually tracked you both because – um, you know, Andrew was a, a coin scout. He loves this stuff. He was he was actually googling to see if there was a veterans section, and I was like, no, mace. I don't think you can go. You know, he was like, Do, I wonder if there's veterans. I'm like, I don't think so. So, um, you know, because he used to do stuff like this when I was younger, and um, you know, I don't. I, I even went on a couple of hike things, twenty six miles and stuff. So, um, so we tracked this and. And Andrew and I loved it. We followed you right until midnight. Um, so uh, my next question, you started with the trekking and the things like this, and I know that there was orienteering. Um, so, Piers, how did you go? Did you get lost with Max's school compass set? <laughs> the one he got from Office Works. Oh, 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 yeah. right, that's, that's not a good give everybody a little bit of context here. So mm. we both have to carry a compass and... The compass is not the type that you pick up at Office Works. Yeah. It's a an orienteering compass. It's it's a compulsory part of the uh, of the race. I said to Maxie the day before, you got to get your compass. He says, yeah, no worries. Puts it into Google. Compass near me. You beauty. Off he goes. Calls up Office Works. Hello, Office Works. I need a compass. And they said, oh yeah, we've got plenty of geometry sets here. And he's going, boom, boom. The light bulb. The light bulb moment where he went. Got the music now, but that's an unfortunate event that compass that I'm after. Yeah. You know what? His compass came very handy in in prodding me as we were going up the hill. So he's the sharp end was being being stabbed in my back to keep me moving. <laughs> yeah. It's uh Maxie, you're a you are you are the man that is so organised the night before to go to work. You get like you know all the rest of it, and then you're doing something like this, and you're leaving till last minute to get your compass. Like, I know, I know. I, know. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was I was a bit rattled, but um, but you know the funny thing is, right? I I was first person to put my hand up. I'm not the best with uh, the navigation. I know my north, south, south, east, and west, and I got good street smarts about rough kind of areas where I am, but. But yeah, in the bush, man. There was those those these little boxes that we had to find, and we had to navigate our way through. And you know, hats off to Piers for getting us through because we didn't miss one out of the twenty four checkpoints. We didn't no, miss one. No, you didn't. You didn't. And I know there's only right. one where we actually went past it. There was only one where we went past it, and within what? Not even what two three hundred meters. We we knew something wasn't right because Piers yeah, was so in 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 tuned with the map. He goes, "Nah, we've you know we're heading this direction now. But we're not." 
we're not we're going to our next checkpoint we haven't gone to so mate um it, it was amazing to have that confidence in a way knowing that Pierce was on top of it but i wanted to make sure that my support was always have that can-do attitude and always ready to rip in whatever the direction we wanted to go let's go let's rip in and um you know he gave me a nickname throughout the day the tracker Tracker. Okay. The well, you know, Pierce, I'd say to Maxi, a bit of information. Sorry, you go, Pierce. No, I'd say to Maxi, okay, we need to we need to head off in this direction, and and I point in the, in the direction we need to go, and I say, now you just find us a trail, and off you go, and he'd find us a little track, and we'd be beating through the bush on, yeah. on this trail, and I'd say, hang on, mate, swing a bit left, swing a bit left, and you find another trail, and, and no, yeah, the other left, the other left. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's hard in the dark. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I've got a, um, a this this is a question from Andrew actually. Um, he said, so you've obviously you got no phones. You just got your compass. You're orienteering. You yeah. got no. You can't see. So you got no landmarks to navigate with. You're in the dark. Yeah. How? What did you do to stay on course? Because Andrew said I want to know their answer because Andrew used to do this in snow up in the peak district and in the you know the mountains in the uk so yeah. he wanted to know your take on this so my my way that i was taught as a kid from, from my dad and from from other some other um, bushmen was to always watch your feet and so look at your feet and, and which way they're pointing up or down whether they're are you going up a hill or are you going down a hill and you know orient the map and read read the map but also look at your feet and if you if you, your feet are constantly moving pointing downhill then you know you're obviously in a downhill section it's um it's something that dad taught me i've always done that when i'm reading a map because i can yep. sort of then pick a bearing and i can read a bearing and, and walk in that direction and as soon as my feet start to go downhill i go okay i've gone over the crest of that that ridge or that hill or whatever and now i'm going down the other side i, I should have turned already yeah um and so so that's sort of that was a tip from my my dad oh. and from but there's another tip you did always have the map which is you know i think that's what you always have to do is having the map in uh, in north from the compass and then going that's off right, that. yeah, orienting the map the map in the right direction yeah um, it's a really hard thing to do orienting at night yeah um, you know when you can't pick up a a, a visual um of a, an obstacle or a mountain or something like that a yeah. river in the distance so um taking a what bearing reading a bearing do. and walk but walking on a bearing is is really yeah. important and, and holding that bearing true is what um um they used to do andrew because like quite often like low visibility and fog and yeah. snow and so they used to do what they called one man ahead so oh, yeah. they send the guy off on the bearing till you can just see him and then he'd stop and the and, and andrew would say this would be sometime as little as like 100 meters 50 wow. meters depending on visibility and used to call it one man ahead so yep. they'd send them on the bearing when they just go out of sight you shout them to stop you walk to them and you go again one man ahead one man ahead oh, wow. so there you go so andrew was just curious to know how you did with it dealt with it in different yeah, that's a really good tip well, uh, well i'll send maxi off yeah. <laughs> one man ahead yeah send man maxi. Ahead. He's i might do that on the next tour one man ahead i'll send him <laughs> off that. 40 miles yeah. and <laughs> no, <laughs> do that to you maxi um so which bit you did you did um orienteering mountain biking kayaking which bit did you love the best um, to be honest i i loved it all um i know that the the paddle was probably say the hardest it was it was definitely you know we, we could talk about that in a second but I, I I don't know. I really enjoyed the riding. I enjoyed the yeah. I loved it all. I don't know. I can't really, yeah, the whole thing. I love, was... I love the running because it, it really gave me an opportunity to to use my navigation skills because all of the running was in the bush. There were no trails or anything like that. So so it was a little bit more technical, which was great. Um, the kayaking was was awesome. I was super cold because I was in the back and. Every time Maxi stroked, I got a bucket of water um, just launched over, over his shoulder, which was easy. He was pulling big, big strokes. He was he was the motor up front, the big diesel, just chug, chugging away. And I was at the back sort of looking at the map, trying to figure out where we were going. Yeah, yeah. There was two things that happened on that, that kayak trip. So <clears throat> a bit of context is it's about a 10K paddle. Um, we had two checkpoints we had to find. 
first one was quite quite easy. Once we got to that checkpoint, we noticed that um, from our head torches, couldn't really see the reflection off the the paddle was blinding me, and the reflection off my PFD, my life jacket, was blinding Piers. So. I think it was you or me. One of us said, oh, let's just turn it off. And we both turned it off and we could saw the ridge line. And we knew that there was a full moon, but even though it was cloudy and rainy the whole time, we can kind of see the water. It was kind of like the ripples in the water. So we knew um, where we need to paddle. And it was the most amazing experience because we're in, literally in the middle of nowhere. There's no one around us. We've got these two glow sticks at the front and the back of the boat. It was kind of like the Life of Pi, that movie where, you know, the... <laughs> You know, he puts his water. It's just real, real beautiful moment. Um, even though a piece was cold, and you know, it was, it was, we still had another eight or nine k to paddle. Um, it was just a real good moment in time, and uh, I, I really appreciate silent. it. I bet the silence. Oh, it was, was it was, it was beautiful. It was awesome, and and at that stage, we we're quite. We had a good little flow on. I know when we come back, um, there was a little mishap where we got a little bit off course, and we hit a couple little tree branches. And um, as I cleared the tree branch, Piers uh, goes, yeah, 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 I'm good. And I knew that there was two parts of the tree. But as he said he was good, I let go of the, the tree branch and it just hit him straight, straight in the scone, straight in the forehead. <laughs> he dropped me. I started leaking from the forehead. So I started floating and I was actually quite scared because um, we were kind of a bit chatty. And then after that, yeah, you're a little bit silent. So I wasn't sure if you can class or if you're off. Or... That's all. We made, we made it through. We did. Yeah, but and then, and then the funny part the end of that was when, when we went yeah. to get out of the, the kayaks and <laughs> Maxie's, Maxie's gone to step out of the kayak into the mud to, you know, to um, get up the bank. And as he's doing so, both of his hips have locked up, cramps in his hips and in his thighs, and he's, oh, I'm cramping, I'm cramping. Oh, and I've, oh, I've jumped out to try and get him. I started cramping as well. I'm trying to hold him. He's trying to get out the wrong side into the deep water. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was quite funny. Oh, it was, mate. It was. We both cramped at the same time. But you yeah. saved me, literally. That's you not saved me. We still had another 12K bike ride, oh, and it's right, all uphill. Yeah. It was all uphill at that stage. So, uh, yeah. And I was on a fixed uh, fixed gear bike. My, my bike broke in the first oh. bike leg. So I was on a – I didn't have any gears. So I could I could pedal up the hills, but I, didn't, I couldn't get any speed on the flats. So I'd hang on to Maxie's shoulder and he'd do all the hard work and I'd just – he'd drag me along. Post. So, yeah, that's yeah. – that's, that I think that's fair. That's teamwork, Piers. That's fair. That's fair. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. So I felt terrible, you- but – no, don't, don't. Just go sorry, not sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. you know. So um, so you you probably, a couple of those things might answer this then. Toughest part of the race. Oh, wow, yeah. Look, I'd say that just the cold, the cold, the cold. sapped yeah. you of, of energy. And there were a couple of moments that um, that I was really cold. On the, the ridge line when we were riding our bike. Yeah, yeah damn it. That was... That was that was so hard, cool. and I got I got a really bad cramp. <laughs> I ended up on my back like a turtle with my legs in the air, and Maxie's got my leg, and he's got a, holding the toe, trying to trying to hold it back down, and he's trying to drop um, some sodium tablets into my mouth at the same time so that I can get rid of these cramps. It was it was quite funny if you'd seen it, but yeah, um, yeah. I thought, and oh, geez, this moment, is over. It's not funny. It's yeah, not this funny. was only three or four hours into the race. Well, like, oh, it's a long long way, yeah. a long way to go. So yeah. was it, or did you find it tougher more physically or mentally? Which was the toughest part? To, to be honest, like for me, Piers, I sort of rush in there, mate. Uh, I know. think the physical aspect, it was, it was tough. It was in the cold and, and the long Ks and stuff like that. But I'd like to think mentally I was, I was okay majority of the way. Like there was only maybe once where I was really hungry and I knew that we started like five or six k to the next checkpoint, and that was that was, that hurt. But but other than that, I think our good vibes and our positive attitude we were pretty um, upbeat and optimistic, and had a smile. You hit the nail on the head there, mate. Like mentally, we were pretty strong. I think we were we we went through it, and we got to the end with big smiles and. Every checkpoint we went to, where there was somebody there, they go, "You guys look happy. Like, what's going on?" And we, you know, we're just trying to bring good vibes to everybody. Whenever we yeah. came across a, uh, another group out in the bush, we, you know, we'd say, "You know," we try and help them as much yeah. as we could and point them in the right direction. And um, it was a great community of people who, you know, we're, we're doing a 
a, a tough thing together. So to be yeah. sort of to be new there and to be able to um, offer some some uh, some friendly advice or to some good vibes and a and a smile and yeah, that really helped us mentally. I yeah, think. but physically because well, you are in a race as well, so it's nice. Yeah, totally. and, you know, people wouldn't expect that you were like you know. Um, yeah, there's a few people know, that didn't say hello. Oh, we're talking about Max. We're yeah. talking talk about Maxie's good friend Matt Jenkins. <laughs> and, uh, and the way that he operated, but that's a that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Jenko leaving us. Do we need to get him on the podcast, my Yeah, no, he doesn't, mate. <laughs> you think a K to go, you'd 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 run with us. It's been ninety seven Ks of everything, and uh, yeah, they just take off and leave us. But that's all good. Look, you know what? They, you know, it's just they, they they knew you were the, the you know the t- the team to beat. So um, so I want to know because actually I'm going to say that last checkpoint, the two of you blitzed it. You ran home from that last checkpoint because, like I said, I went back. I looked at all the stats. I was like across it. Me and Mace the next morning, we were invested in you two. It's like <laughs> the next morning, it was like, what time did he do? I goes to I goes to Andrew. What was it? 14 hours 20 30, or something? Something like that, yeah. It, um, Mace goes, good, it's good. And so I looked at the breakdown. That last one, what what happened? Did you, like, you know, finish off the red line? I think we knew we were close to home and we, we, we found the checkpoint. We found the checkpoint pretty quickly. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah just, just right home. home. I thought you were well, back on the bike and it was down there, like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was on the bike. Was um, it? Last checkpoint, yeah. And I was hanging on to Maxie's shoulder and I had him just churning over the big gears. He was yeah. moving with speed and I was just, I was hanging on with all my might. Yeah, so you, can take, you can take the credit for that then, Maxie. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it was a team It was a team effort. Piers actually found the checkpoint. Effort. But Jenko's team, they, they were all there for about 20 minutes, half an hour looking for this checkpoint. <clears throat> and that's the funny thing, we helped them. We pointed, or Piers found the checkpoint. And um, yeah, they found and they took off and they left us. Look, oh. it's, it's nothing to worry about. We'll move on hang from on. that. I just put it. Hang on, he's just he's off the Trust Christmas off. card list, Jenko. <laughs> he's just all right. We love him. We love him. We love him. We just we we love him, but we just won't let him forget. Exactly. <laughs> we won't. Exactly. Hey, we never let him forget, mate. We never. never let him forget. Never let him forget. So. Um, you just kind of said you got through the low point, smile, good vibes, everything that. Um, so I don't even need to ask this. And you sort of said something. It wasn't a if you would you. All I'm going to say is, when do you do the next one? Well, when's the next one? Here we go. April, April, next year. April, April next year. April yeah. Next year is, ah. is, 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 ah. I mean, we want to do the mark, mark two. We're going to go the full the full race and just a team of two. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, the, the, you can have a team of two or a team of four. Uh, we decided to go with a team of two because we know each other so well. We, we yeah. know each other's capability. Um, yeah. And we're both really good at motivating each other, picking each other up and knowing when one's down and, and when one needs to step in and do a bit more or, or do a bit less. So yeah. we decided to go with a two-man team. So um, April, the Terran over 24 next year, the full that's thing. That's correct, yeah. Full thing. So what's September um, then, boys? Yeah, well, so, this yeah. Is, this is an interesting one, Lee. Oh. Um, so this is the first time you're going to hear this, Lee, but it's 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 still uh, in the early days, but. I got a phone call from my brother-in-law who's asked us to go and, and assist with a, a Kokoda trek next year. Um, and he's asked Maxie if, if he'd be interested as well. So. We might be going over to do Kokoda in, in September. Um, oh, so. my life. I love it. And uh, yeah. the cool thing is, is uh, uh, it's Piers and myself's birthday around the same time. So I think I think we worked out the dates. I'll be there for my birthday, but it's a good little yeah. birthday present. Yeah. And what I love about it is it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do and I've always been very interested in what the guys did in World War II and how tough it was and mentally and physically but the beauty of it is uh is what pierce's brother-in-law wade does is they they're the mentors they're the guides and um the group what what gets me excited is the group that we we might be uh helping or assisting um through the through the trek um which is a a charity um a charitable organization that's raising money 
to assist with suicide prevention um, for mates in construction, so construction workers and tradies. and so yeah, tradies and and just you know knock about blokes who generally don't talk about um, about mental health and and sort of let these things slip. So um, my, my brother-in-law, who's a, an absolute legend, Wade, has um, has been doing it for about 10 years and they, you know, they're close to raising a million dollars um, to assist with mental health and suicide prevention and mates in construction. So potentially we'll be, we'll be going over to help them out, which would be really cool. That be awesome. is amazing. That is brilliant. So, well, I can't think of two better guys that would go and do it. And um, and for those people that you'd be with, what a what a great time they will have, and they don't even know it yet. So, um, so no, I. It's think still it's, still very early days, but yeah. I, I can already visualise, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm getting excited. Um, Pierce sent me a photo of reading the Kokoda 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 book, and yeah. I've got to listen to a few podcasts and. I think just being present there, and you know the, the the hardships, the mateship, the you know the 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 battles of what the the diggers uh, dealt with, um, yeah. you know, just gonna relive and you know just appreciate what they did they did do. So oh, very fortunate to be able to give them an opportunity uh, with peers from good mates, and and thanks to Wade, and yeah, I look forward to hopefully you know getting out there and, and helping people that are struggling as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I think, you know, it's always good to have goals done. The, you know, the mere thing of the, you know, the Nova 24 next April, that's just going to be, you know, a little thing on the way to um, training for that. So that's amazing. So, um, so last thing that we've got, um, Piers, is um, what is your go-to song for our playlist? So um, we have a Maxi's Rescue Squad playlist, and I think we just lost Piers. Yeah, no, he's back. Um, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. So um, we have a playlist for Maxi's Rescue Squad, um, Piers. So yes. everybody, this song, this um, playlist is made up from people giving us songs from all over the world because our Rescue Squad, we've got members in over 26 countries and they send in their songs. So it's a really eclectic playlist. It's a good so, song. I like this one. This one, this one I could see, uh, you know, Piers is belting out this one, who is yeah, nice tar runs around so Manly good. Northhead. So you you tell us then, Piers, what is the song that you have picked to add to our Rescue Squad playlist? Oh, look, I love this playlist. I listen to it regularly. Uh, we listen to it in the truck every now and then as well when we're going to calls. But um, for me to add to your playlist, I'm going to put on... Uh, a Rolling Stones classic, Start Me Up. Start the best. Up. Here we are. I've got it right here. Here we go, Maxi. Give us a blast. Start me up. There Sometimes I sing late. There you go. Once it starts, it'll never stop. Start me up. <laughs> That's the uh, anthem, mate, I reckon, for the Jungle Edge team, Adventure Racing team. Yeah. Is this actually every shift with the truck? Is it like, can I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Music's yeah. a, a big part of our, our shift, actually. We've, we've got jazz Sundays. We listen to jazz music on Sundays. We've oh, got nice. country Mondays. Oh, yes. We've got to go through the days. Yeah. Oh, so start off with Monday, Monday to Sunday. So, uh, okay, tell me this. Like we were saying before, our, our station is like a second home. It is a second home. You know, we okay. do everything together. We cook, we clean, we, we do the gym, we do everything. Yeah. But we have themes for each day as well. So, Piers can uh, explain the dates. We'll start so off with we, Monday. We'll start off with Monday. Monday's country Monday. Monday's, oh. um, we, we put on our, our country boots and our wide brimmed hats. Oh. We, we listen to some country bangers. A bit um, of George you know, maybe, Street. In there? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The fireman. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Love a bit of wagon wheel and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and which is good. Tuesdays. This is this is an interesting one. I said we were talking about what we we're going to do with Tuesdays, and, and I said let's do uh, trance Tuesdays. Maxi thought I said trans Tuesdays, and he was ready to get his dress on. And I was going to get the pride. I was going to do the pride month. He's going to do his pride well, you know, I thought we could do both. wander out as a bit of a spice girl every now and again. Yeah. Um, Wednesdays. What are we doing on Wednesdays these days? I can't remember. Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Throwback Wednesdays was wacky Wednesdays. It was wacky just whatever Wednesdays. was going. Okay. Um, whatever was going. We go full tilt Fridays. So we're on, on Fridays we're, we're listening to some pretty heavy stuff, uh, really ripping and tearing. Oh, 
yeah, get his heavy rock on and his yeah. underdecker. Yeah, we get a bit that. of that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Saturdays, what are we just doing? A bit of a party, a bit of a party, party vibe Saturdays, you know. We just have a bit of a mixed bag on Saturdays. Yeah. It's usually yeah. the clean that, yeah, clean. We always wash a truck every shift, but you know, Saturdays is a is a bit of a station clean day. We make sure everything's yeah, um, in the garden, tip top. But you need some good cleaning music, is that the matter? Yeah. And then we, we finish the week with Jazz Sundays. So, you know, we get a bit of Herbie Hancock and some uh, Duke Ellington, you know, just yep. playing the trumpet. Yep. Um, really just getting some good vibes going around the station. Absolutely. So, but no, yeah. it's Miss Thursday, so don't, doesn't no one... Throwback Thursday. Throwback Thursday. Sorry, we missed that. So you get a bit of 80s in there, Maxie? Yeah, like yeah definitely. Eight, 70s, 80s. We, yeah. we, we listen to a lot of Credence, a lot of Credence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that creeping up on your uh, stories a bit lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah Credence is a great, great band. We had a lot of, I mean, as you know, um, Piers, that, um, you know, we drove a mere 5,000 Ks around the UK. Um, <laughs> I should have probably told you before you started on your orienteering that I'm the navigator, he's the driver. I know. Um, that might have <laughs> helped you the clue with the... Uh, with the <laughs> um, but um, there was an awful lot of country on that trip. Was it awful. was it Monday? Was it? Did you, did you, uh, it's just, it's just country. It's just country. It was, country. Was, it was all right. It was all right. <laughs> but you know, there's only many so many times. You know, the dog left, the wife went. You know, the wife came back. The dog came back. One day, what did I say to you, Macy? One day, are we done with the country now? Yeah, she actually pulled me out. I think we're driving into Tralee in Ireland. You know, uh, I think uh, we've, I'm all George straight out. So, uh. <laughs> so no, all good fun, good fun. So, yes, um, so no, I haven't got um, – I have one last question. Um, well, I've got two last things, um, Piers. First one, I'll go on the trivial stuff. You yep. rode a motorbike around Australia. I did, yeah. What is your one place you must see in Australia? It's oh, wow. like off the beaten track. Everyone knows about the rock and the reef and, yeah. you know, that that harbour you've got down there where you guys live. But what is the one place that people possibly wouldn't expect that you should say to go? So I love Cape York Peninsula, um, the very tip of Australia, Queensland, but right up the top. Um, there's a dirt road from Cairns that goes for about 1,500 kilometres and just keeps going more. And there's one road in, one road out, and there's nowhere more remote. It's just incredible. Yeah. That's that awesome. Is that the road where you stay on the coast road and you get past Cape Daintree? You get past um, the Daintree. Um, Cape Daintree and, the yeah. da and then it stops and it goes to Dirt Road. Is that the yep. Dirt Road? Yep, so that's it. And it heads inland and it just sort of works its way up and you can, you can shoot off to the coast in either direction. But yep. it's um, it's incredibly rugged. It's it's a journey. Um, it's, nobody's doing it easy up there. It's it's a it's a tough place to get to. And when yep. you do get there, uh, right at the top, it's Punson Bay, and you've got the um, the islands in the distance. You can you can almost see Papua New Guinea. It's just yes. it's incredible. It's a great, really it's amazing place. how close it is, isn't it? So yep. wow, that's amazing. Yeah, everyone should get there. Everyone should get there. Well, I've been to that where the road goes to the dirt road, but I was in a high yeah, well, and it was like, oh, oh you can't go no yeah. more. So that's actually where, where Maxie would have gone to on his uh, jet ski. You would have gone to yeah. Cooktown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, up towards. Or oh, sorry, I didn't go as far as Cooktown, but I have been to Cooktown. Dad took me up there when I was real young. They used to do like a pub crawl up there when I was a kid. So I remember doing that 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 drive. That's uh, a long cross crawl. Pub crawl to Cooktown. It is. That's it is, mate. It is. <laughs> Big pub crawl. So, Maxie, maybe you can ask Piers this because I know that you will know way more about it. Urban Search and Rescue. Yes. Yeah, what so, an incredible thing to be part of, Piers. Tell us a bit about it. Um, and, yeah, you go, Maxie, if you've got a question. Yeah, mate. So just give everyone at home uh, what Urban Search and Rescue is and what Oz2 Task Force uh, does and, uh, you know, what is your capability? Mm, um, great question. It's... It's something I didn't realise that we even did until I joined the brigade. And as soon as I found out about it, I went, wow, that's the direction I want to go. Um, Oz2, um, New South Wales Task Force 1, is a United Nations uh, recognised, um, certified heavy rescue, urban search and rescue team, which can deploy anywhere in the world to assist you know, in natural disasters and humanitarian um humanitarian situations so we can go um, 
for, for example, some of the, the incidents that we've been to in the past would have been the Christchurch earthquake, um, tsunami in um, Bad Aceh, uh, Japan, um, tsunami and, and the nuclear disaster that happened there afterwards, um, cyclones throughout the Pacific region. Uh, and what we basically do is we send a team um, up to 70-odd people, including doctors and ambulance um, specialists, uh, rescue, technical rescue operators like myself, um, and uh, logisticians, and we'll send a team with everything that we need to be able to go and stay there for two weeks, and we can go and, and search for victims, search for, for people in amongst the rubble, in amongst the, the buildings that have, that have come down, and uh, we might be cutting people out with concrete saws and or we might be um, using roping, technical roping, to get people out of, um, out of, you know, uh, out of buildings that collapsed or... Uh, basically, you, you need to be able to do a, a vast range of things and and you need to be able to do it with a limited amount of gear. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's, I, I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to do uh, my Category 2 course this year, which was a four-week course um, out at our, our training college um, with 16 other uh, absolute legends from, from within Fire and Rescue. Um, you know, it took me a long time to get there. Uh to get to, to get on the course, um, and, but but once I was there, I knew instantly that I was around the sort of people that I you know that I just love to be around. Really like high people, yeah, um, you know, high achievers who want to want to be the best at their job, who who yeah. want to uh, want to be want to be doing better every day, and and so instantly you, you sort of everybody's lifting each other, and and we're getting through this this beautiful. Um, beautiful situation or a tough situation with beautiful people and, and it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, That's I'm incredibly right. proud to be a part of it. Um, you know, Absolutely. And, and, you know, we're waiting for the, the buzzer to go off, not that we want to respond to anything, but um, we're on, on call 24-7 basically. We, we yeah. need to be wheels up from uh, Richmond Air Force Base within six hours. Wow. Um, so we've got a cache of gear which is ready to go and once that that uh, message comes through. We're on the road to, to our, our training college to get our gear and um, on a, an Air Force um, C-130 or um, C-17 and flying to wherever in the world that we need to be. That's amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It is. It is. And something that I, you know, I'm very lucky to have peers and other people around uh, like Strongy and a few others that we've spoken to in the past, Lee, and my cousin yeah. Scotty McNamara is a Soddy paramedic. Absolutely. You know, all, these people I look, all these people I look up to around me that are uh, got these capabilities and they've uh, got their foot in the door and been the best of the best uh, at what they do. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I aspire to do every every day is to try and be like you know these 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 people that um, you know, literally put their lives on the line to, to be able to help people and you know that is the pinnacle for, for rescue. I think being yeah. part of the USA. Congratulations, yeah. Piers. That's incredible Thanks, to be part of that. It really, really is. And and I think um, I read something because um, it was recently, wasn't it, the anniversary of Threadbroke and the work. Yes. And isn't like some of the lessons that were learnt from there and, and that like Australia, you know, you saw, it's like world leaders, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Of, we we the, considered to be within one of the, you know, the top four teams in the world. So if, if something goes goes off then yeah. we'll, we'll get a call straight away which is yeah it's great exactly. to know um it's great to know that we've been trained and, and our facilities uh, are up there with you know the best in the world um, yeah. our trainers are you know are so highly regarded yeah um, they're flying off regularly around the world to to go and assist in, in training other operators um, and other other agencies from around the world which is which is cool and, um, yeah. and, you know, one of the great things about, about now that I've done the training is I can go back to Bankstown to my station and work with guys like Maxie and Max who are future USA operators. I, you know, I have no doubt that they'll be there, you know, in the next, uh, the next training courses um, and to teach them, you know, some of the skills that I've learned and, and upskill them to be able to, uh, to use those skills in, in our everyday environment within Bankstown and within New South Wales. So it's a, it's a really cool, really privileged position to be in. And, um, yeah, and I, I've, I'm very grateful that I'm there. And I'm, I'm also really, you know, stoked that I can, I can pass it on, which is pretty, pretty exciting. Awesome, mate. 
That's awesome. Amazing. And like, you know what? Some of the things that you've talked about there, Piers, and like shared, like there's so much gold that, you know, younger people listening to this that will, you know, there may be something there that you've just said today that will like strike a chord with someone and might change your life. And that's the whole thing, you know, why we, why Maxie and I do this every week, why we like show up and because you just don't know who's listening, who's taking it on board. And, um, you know, thanks for, you know, to both of you, you're out there on the front line and, um, you know, it, the world's a better place for people like you. So, um, oh, thanks, Lee. So, yeah. we, we do it, we do it because we love, we love it, mate. We love it. So we don't do it for the accolades as Piers always does say, you know, we do it because we actually want to help people and because we want to be good at what we do. And, um, yeah. I'm very fortunate. I'm at a good station where we can practice that and, uh, obviously got, uh, mates for life that we can be able yeah. to do some traveling and some adventure racing together. And, um, yeah. And all of this, it pays it forward for people that are following through after us. That's what it's yep, all absolutely. about. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah, exactly. But, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, mate. Um, I, I am a little bit worried because, uh, you know, since the little offline glitch, I haven't seen um, the, the squiggly lines of uh, the audio that we've caught. However... I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure we're good. I'm pretty sure we're good. So I was just yeah. saying, worst case, uh, but I, know, I know exactly what's what part that was. But yeah. mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. I get to see your face tomorrow at six thirty a.m. I think you'll be driving tomorrow, Maxie. You're yeah. driving the pump. I want some good tunes on for Saturday. Good tunes, mate. Well, get the... Saturday, I I feel like you know I might uh, you know I might send you a couple if it's like you know party clean up the station week. Yeah. yeah, well, can I just say, Lee, the last time Maxi drove, we went, we had two absolutely cracking fires where, where Maxi was, yeah, he, he um, did an incredible job as the motor driver to get water out to, yeah. uh, to myself and Max, who were, you know, we were under the pump to put these fires out. So, uh, let's hope tomorrow is yeah. a bit more peaceful than the last time you drove, mate. Uh, you know what? It's a Saturday too, so you know, yeah. God forbid, we could be could be on, mate. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. it's going to be quiet tomorrow. It's like grand final. There's so much sport on TV. Nah, depending on what teams win or lose, though. Yeah, well, yeah, if Sydney loses, right. the whole place could be on fire. <laughs> well, you know what? I know you're Sydney boys and everything, but sorry, go the Cats. I love you. Long. Oh, we're wrapping up now. Yeah, yeah, Maxie Lee. It's been fun. Yeah. No, no, but mate, appreciate it, Ledge. Uh, it's been a great chat. Um, you know, hopefully, people listening to this can take some career advice of what you spoke about, and also um, to take a bit of advice for adventure racing if they want to get out there and just have a crack. So, thank you for your time, mate. Um, yeah. Absolute pleasure, guys. I love you. I love you both. Um, you know, it's it's a pleasure to be here, and, and uh, yeah, let's do it again one time. Hundred percent, mate. We'll do it when we're all around the table. That'll be so great. Good. That'll be nice glass of red. That'll be yeah. good. Nice glass of red. I'm there. I'm on my way. I'm on my <laughs> all way good, mate. Airport. I'm tapping out. Okay. Beautiful. Great. All right. To you. Well, you uh, again, I'll see you in the morning, mate. But yeah, thank you. And Lee, I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Yeah. See you guys. Nice. Love you. Bye.